Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 26th of May 2019. It's quite something to, to see a repetition of not so long ago, a few years ago, where you would see on satellite images almost a circle of heat on an edge of a circle around different uh, the, the, the continent, basically, of America. And in the center, you could have areas that, that were getting deluged with water, the outside circle, and, and the circumference of the circle, of perimeter, would be getting very high heat and, and drought. So it's interesting to see uh, how the various jet streams are being kind of played with, if you ask my opinion. That's my opinion, only by being aware for many years and reading the articles put out by the geoengineers themselves and those who designed harp technology, etc. When they admitted they could actually do that, it was quite easy. Or that the Air Force's articles are owning the weather. And, you know, official declarations, you might say. Because the weather we're getting is meant, as far as I'm concerned, to, to scare the people into giving up every possible right you could possibly have. And fear is a great technique of taking away your, all your rights. And for any totalitarian system, which the system we're really in certainly is, it's completely intolerant of any objections to this big world global agenda and using the, the climate as a big excuse to take everybody's rights away and telling us how to live, right down to articles which are once again coming out from official sources telling us that maybe people shouldn't be having children and maybe they, maybe they need to official bodies to decide who will have children. All the old stuff that you know were was put out by the eugenicist societies at the turn of the, the 20th century. Quite openly, in fact, about all the, the things he'd have to do. And Julian Huxley was one of them. And again, his whole family lineage, actually, including the, the Charles Galton Darwins and so on, were quite open about the need to regulate most of the public and take away their abilities to even think for themselves. And personally, I think they've been awfully successful in that by using techniques that Aldous Huxley mentioned of behaviorism and psychology and mass indoctrination. It's awfully successful, isn't it? Whereas, again, his relative, Charles Galton Darwin, said that, and he was a physicist, he said that really those who would steer the shape of planet Earth would be the wild men, meaning that they would have all their, their natural abilities intact, their, their faculties, but the general population would, would really be dumbed down and uh, made to be almost imbecilic in some ways. So that's the future for them at that time. And you think that articles which they're popping out every single year, including this year again, to do with the IQ level plummeting, are, are just happenstance. And then, of course, everyone who reads these articles says, well, mine hasn't. <laughs> it's, it's the same people, of course, who say, well, yeah, they say that, that, that we really don't have a mind of our own and, and we're, 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 we're basically led to our opinions. And I'm not, of course. That's how, how simple the whole thing is, isn't it? Everyone thinks they're in charge of their lives, but your choices really are very limited in a system that's humoring you in a, a lot of the ways. 
Because when you look into the United Nations agendas, that all countries, including all our countries, have signed on to and are implementing for this whole sustainability program is complete eugenics. And it's, it's the complete agenda put out by, by those in charge of the eugenics programs from over 100 years ago. It's all coming to pass because they, they had the blueprint set up a long time ago. And all the different segments of society that were created to be segments of society, divide, conquer, divide, conquer, divide, conquer, and issue out to your leaders and portray your leaders for them all, uh, these are all part of what they claimed at the time was they, they, they would push it all through by fairness. The world would have to be fair. And so you had to create all segments that would then be given what fairness means. And what it means, basically, is the Marxist doctrine of, of uh, eliminating all, all, eliminating all competition of all kinds, uh, making everything equal. It's supposedly, that's IQ and everything and work and so on. And it would be fine. It would be fine. It, it, but, uh, but the fact is, we're not built like that unless they make it so. Now, how do you make it so? Well, you standardize a generation of humans, as most folk are not breeding at all, or they can breed because they're sterile. And we take that just so easily, don't we? Well, yeah, I guess so. Like, like, this is a momentous thing. And you think it just happened in a, in a few years by itself. Because really, 40 years is nothing. Nothing. They were noticing it in the 70s. And they were taking incredibly detailed studies of the sperm count in males in the top universities. Because they're all part of the big, you know, statistical game to, to see if the agenda's working. And... Scientists and doctors were monitoring, and still are monitoring it all, and they keep a, a very good, accurate count of, of uh, motile sperm, that which is, is uh, lively and can impregnate ovum, and uh, it's, it's just plummeted, plummeted, pl- and, and they're all happy about it because th- there's no crisis apparently. It's not a crisis. Of course, it's not a crisis because, you see. That's the world you're, uh, that, that's coming into being. Now it's here, really. And a long, long time ago, they had in all their eugenics magazines that those who had the best genes would rule the world. Again, Charles Galton Darwin's wild, wild men, he called them, the ones who didn't have the damaged brains. Everybody else would be given chemicals and so on that would, would dumb us down, you see. And diets, just like Bertrand Russell, all, all part of the same societies, all these different people that were so well known and who helped create the cultures that we've lived through right up to the present time. The changes, that is. They were not futurists. They didn't look at crystal balls and, and, and contact the dead or anything like that. They simply drafted up a big, big agenda on what they'd have to do to make the world what they wanted it to be and to bring down populations eventually. It could take 50, 100 years to do that. Uh, that's no problem at all. And by the time the last generation uh, is living, if you might call it living, in austerity and drug-infested poverty in most countries now, if you wonder why you got massive, massive, it's like drugs all over the place and designer drugs and, and they're dirt cheap. Every country's got them. And they, they, they keep talking about, oh, my God, you've got this terrible homeless problem. And all the, no, it's not. It, it's a drug problem. Drug problem. And the folk are living in tents because they, they get money. They've been given money. In, in the UK, they've got stacks of documentaries out there. 
is they study it all naturally because the UK is one of the, the main uh, nations for studying the changes since the, their leaders, that are, all, all of them are based in London <laughs> of this whole agenda and they want to know if it's working. And so they know that they've got so many thousands and thousands of young people and all ages now actually, but, but on drugs who can't get off these drugs. You take them for two or three times and they're hooked, literally hooked. And once they're hooked, they're not thinking clearly afterwards. It just affects their, their brain so fast, so fast. And once you're in poverty and then you end up on the street because you can't pay your rent, any money is given to you by any agency or, or whatever, you'll spend on the drug, you see, and then you don't pay your rent there on the street. And that's happened across the U.S. especially, very, very openly. Then there's no work for them either, by the way. Why would you bring in mass migration at a time when there's not enough work in a, in a post-industrial Society, folks. Hmm? The terms I'm using, post-industrial, are all from the United Nations and all the different associations that belong to them. They wanted a post-industrial society. The Club of Rome and Maurice Strong, they gave you there a summit and a biodiversity treaty and everything else to do with the environment. He said the best thing we can do is, is demolish all civilization of manufacturing, abolish it completely in the West, he said. And bring the whole system down. These are the folk who drafted up these charters that were further signing into the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step. And none of us got to vote on any of it, folks. And you live in this delusion that you're in some kind of democracy. What a great number they have done on your brains. Eh? It's astonishing. It, it truly is astonishing. I know, yeah, I know the human beings are egocentric. And we love to do the thing, and eels and tonic, we, we do the things we like to do. You see, we're, we've been trained more and more that way too. We're, we're, we can't postpone pleasure so much as we used to. This, is all, this all comes from the studies. I used to wonder why these incredibly detailed studies from anthropologists and what they call third world nations. Incredibly detailed. And when you look at the different uh, studies, on different cultures and societies, and they, they, they said that a lot of them that they had frequent, for instance, frequent famines and things like that, or, or at least the occasional famine. They, 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 the peoples for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, uh, in warm climates, couldn't postpone pleasure. They wanted immediate gratification uh, rather than, say, do the agricultural work and so on and work and go through the seasons and bring it all in and then and enjoy the fruits of your labor and things. They, they, they did all these incredible detailed studies on every, I mean every culture, including the ones in Britain, different parts of Britain. Incredibly detailed. And so that what they said too is that the ones that are worst off in the, in the world and very poor also had a lot of wars going on and so on. And wars are from different factions of societies fighting together or at least not cooperating. So you create the same situation across the civilized societies, the advanced societies, and you, you create segments of all kinds and have them all at each other's throats. But the ones who lead it are paid awfully well, you notice. They live awfully well. You get lots of TV time and stuff like that uh, to, to, to whip up their, their support and so on that they get from all the folk who now like to blame this group or that group for, for, for the ills that they're under, you see. It's so easy to do, isn't it? You always blame somebody else. And as you're blaming someone else, you're fulfilling the goals of divide and conquer and divide and conquer and divide and conquer. And you're at the mercy of those who do control. It's just astonishing to see it. 
what I'm getting at too is folk have no idea of the precision and the all-pervasive control over every section of society and every nation and how everything is in step across the planet and they really, really will not go in. Again, they've been taught to look at the positive and the happy stuff and don't look at the negative, unpleasant stuff, you see. That's what they call it. That's negative. It's unpleasant. Yeah. Well, you can keep spending the money that you get every every week or month or whatever it happens to be, and you can certainly yeah be happy and pleasant with drugs and so on, and don't look at unpleasant stuff. And that's the balance of your account. And you know what's going to happen, don't you? Well, because you see, the unpleasant stuff is part of of living. And unpleasantness is something that helps you survive into the next fu- part of the future. Or next month, or whatever it happens to be, or next year. The folk who really won't look at it and can't look at it now are those who are hooked on the drugs. It's amazing how many youngsters out there are, will do anything, and I mean anything, for the next hit. It's just astonishing. They've got so many documentaries out there, they've got, they got so many articles out there, and they all have the same story. And the authorities, they say, oh, it's a homeless. They keep trying to divert away from the real problem. No, the problem is, is the intended problem, which is the complete inability to be functional and rational by folk who, who are getting flooded with cheap, cheap, cheap drugs in a time where there's very little work for them and in a time when there's more folk coming in to take the jobs. All the time, everywhere, in every country, in the West, obviously. And everyone else, it's amazing how folk get into their camps and they get all angry at what they hear. Because you see, they, they've already chosen what they want to believe, as opposed to go and dig into the, the, the problems themselves and investigate them themselves. It's amazing how they're so fast to take the words of, of their particular favorite leader that's supplied to them by the system. And yet that same system, that same system, don't forget this, that same system is the system that's taking all your rights away and are watching you all 24 hours a day. The same system that took all your rights away from you. Mm-hmm-hmm. They keep you safe, you understand. that You always need a crisis and a threat to keep you safe. Real or imaginary. But it's, it's all of you that have been watched for, forever for the rest of your life. And you think it's, it's for terrorists? Do you really think that? Do you really think that? Or do you care? Most folk don't care anymore. Again, that something's happened to their minds and, the, and the, their rationality and their survival because... If you don't care about being owned, basically, by the state, whatever, national state or international state or global state, call it what you want, who cares? The fact is you're owned. Huh? And they have decided that they, they have the right to know all about you all times, all times. And this is the same, the same state, remember, who, to take care of you or to take all your rights away from you where, where you can live how you can live, what you can eat. And I really mean this. They're, they're dead serious. And they're, they're implementing it now, step by step, fast, quickly. Can you travel? Can you not travel? 
all these things have been taken away from you. And folk think, oh, well, I don't care, I'll, I'll just stay home and, and watch movies. Hmm. I'll just stay home and, and play uh, some games that they, put, they keep turning games out. They're very addictive, of course, they're meant to be, and they admit that too, the producers and makers of them. This is not a functional society. It's a conquered society. And I mean that, it's a conquered society. It's all, all the, the signs and symptoms of a diseased, conquered post-war society, even though the war is still going on. In a war situation, you see people, all kinds of people out in the streets living anywhere they can. No work. Often in rubble, or definitely a mess. And if, if yeah, you'd, you'd be on drink too if you can get drink, but now it's drugs. It's, it, drugs are cheaper. Heroin's cheaper. I, I was watching... A little article, I can you know, watch little bits and pieces on my internet speed once in a while. And it was about addictions, say, in the UK and other countries too. And it said that the price of alcohol today in Britain was was 60% cheaper than it was, I think, in the 19, 1982 or, or something like that. So they're, they're making it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And this is in a time, remember, when there's less employment, there's no real future for advancement in, in, a, in a service economy where the best you can get is stacking shelves or working or flipping burgers or something. And the competition to get those jobs now with so many folk coming into the countries is always, it's just getting staggering. And they're, they're, there's, there's t- I couldn't believe the, the money and welfare in whole parts of, say, the UK, the UK really is a small place per mile. You know, it's a small place per square mile in the population density. And they, they got all sections, and towns, in fact, outside Durham, for instance, or part of Durham County in England, where they were trying to sell whoever owned them. It was like whole streets and streets and streets of council-type housing. They couldn't even sell them. To, to, they, no, they couldn't sell them because, number one, no one wants them because it's got bedroom taxes. This is a beautiful tax. This is a good incentive to buy. You put bedroom taxes on them and, and already on an economy that's gone. And the government's need more and more taxes because it's got so many much welfare and so many social programs. And, and, and because in the EU, it's so much. I read articles years ago on, on, our, on radio shows. Of the multi-millions per month that had to hand over of his income to, to the European Union on demand to the central bank. When they demanded it, they just had to hand it over. And the gross domestic product is, is going down and down and down, you know, because the economy is gone. And you've got a massive, massive drug problem, massive unemployment problem. And this, this place outside Durham... Uh, they could they could buy they even offered so many houses per street for a dollar, and the local council didn't even want them. And yet there's all these folk who lived in tents and, and homeless and so on. Eh? Of course, there's hostels that the government's helped to create, and the hostel was. Uh, you see, the economy now is a parasite economy because so many folk now are in and out of seeing lawyers supplied by the government. 
who are living much better than the homeless folk that come and see them all the time, or who may be shoplifting and petty misdemeanors and things like that. And the prison systems are over full anyway, and the country can't afford to put folk inside the prisons. A lot of the crooks know this too now, and the gangs do. And so it's a revolving door, and but yeah, the lawyers make excuses for oh well, you know, you know, it's just. But but the fact is, those who are on drugs certainly uh, aren't getting getting the help because they're just turned back on the streets again. Where they'll do the same thing over. It's finished. You understand that's a finished society when you've got that, and you can't afford to do it with them because of such a massive system of welfare and folk having their rents paid from if they have places at all. Uh, that, um, well, all the money comes from folk that are working. Well, what's left to work at? The pile on top is getting, uh, you know, larger and larger, and the ones below who pay for it are getting smaller and smaller till they that themselves will end up either dying off or, or else they're unemployed themselves. You see what I'm saying? Now, that's the same in the U.S. too, a lot of the places in the U.S. as well. But you'll find behind it the mass homeless problem too. You definitely have an incredible drug problem. Incredible with fentanyl and God knows what else there. There's so many drugs out there. I've got lists of them actually. And I won't just dwell on that. I was the meaning to dwell on this. And they're showing that some of, the, some of the signs of what the guys like Maurice Strong and those around him and even above him planned a long time ago. There's definitely a massive world council here planning and, and implementing all, and your governments are all part of it by signing on to it. There isn't a politician out there that doesn't know what's going on. There's not one. Not one. And they're well paid. But it's a, it's a disaster uh, to the public, but it's a victory to those who planned this. Again, a post-industrial era. And you'll eventually go into pretty well almost a, a post-consumer society for austerity where your, your, your basic consumption will be for food, clothing and shelter. And you won't have all the extra money left for much else after that and taxes for everything. Um, that, that's is to get pretty, pretty bad. They, they planned this and uh, is to get even a lot worse actually. But they certainly don't plan in keeping any much of an economy going like for you to buy, buy, buy your cheap plastic junk that's not meant to last very long for much longer. They really don't. And they talk about it too at their world meetings. You know, the, these people at the World Economic Forum that you don't vote in again, huh? You know, the ones that, that pretend they're communists but they're the top capitalists. They finance all these things. The top capitalists, eh? Folk never catch on to this game. I said years ago, how come all these top communists are all multimillionaires? And the ones who, who get in on the right footing with them end up the same way themselves too. People don't figure it out. The top world banks, the, the banking system is part of this superstructure of total power. Always was. It's set up through the Royal of International Affairs and the CFR, etc., all the different groups that they have out there, they set up the World Bank, private. They set up the IMF, private. They set up all the other, the Bank for International Settlements, private. They set up the system of central banking systems, private. They're runners. We don't vote for any of this stuff. 
But it's essential to have all that, to, to control the whole planet. It's to own the money system, even if there's nothing backing it. It's the greatest conjuring job out there, really. It's a control factor. It's a few functions. It, it allows those at the top to live the life that the kings and queens couldn't imagine a couple hundred years ago. The lifestyle they're living and the height of luxury is astronomical. The United Nations itself almost boasted, because I actually wondered, because the UN, I knew it didn't care about the people, I knew what the agenda was, and they, they kept saying, oh, the gulf between the rich and the poor is, is just a massive chasm now, and, and you know, every year they'd come up with the same stories, because they're part of it. The United Nations is a, a, this so-called embryo of a world government that everything gets signed under. <laughs> All these charters get signed under that we don't vote for. That is not democratic. Never was. This organization plans to bring it in the Gulf, have it wider and wider and wider. You have never seen that the United Nations condemn the World Bank or the IMF or any of that. Never see it. No. What they do is demand that all the countries that, that, that where we, we get, we, our money is taken off us to, to hand to these organizations out there to lend out to do, across the planet, not to get paid back, by the way. They never do the right to off. It's all debt, isn't it? And we are the guarantors for the debt. So they're quite happy putting loans out across the world. They always have been, knowing they'll never get paid back by the people. But uh, the guarantors, the public of the Western worlds, well, we, we, we have to pay it all off, and then they give them another loan because it's not. They don't. They don't care where the money goes. I've done studies on. It. They don't even go and check up where the money is supposed to go in these countries. They don't care, and they hand things out to dictators that end up getting weaponry and all the rest of it. They don't care about it. When you see things not not meshing with the logic that, that's brainwashed into you, the supposed logic. Of sanity, which is not sanity at all, it's insanity. They you know something really stinks, don't you? You should do. But don't, don't, don't keep following along having your opinions given to you by people who know how to put the act on and put it across on television with authority. Look at the mess we're in. Look at the mess we're in. And at one time, every country out there in the West... Everything you needed to survive and every could to purchase in a country from scissors to whatever, you know, buttons, you name it, to thread, to clothing. It was all made in your own country. Everything. Think about it. Think of, of the levels of employment for, for any particular item, from raw materials up to, 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 to the actual bulk, whatever it was, that was sold then for, to be made into the finished products. I mean, so many levels of employment. All gone. All, and they keep telling you that they're going to be better off. The reason we appear to be better is, is, not, is, is because they keep churning out more and more cash at the moment for a while. Being available for a while, because because the money isn't even meant to be paid off by us. It's all bogus. It's backed by nothing. But anyway, I'm going to touch on a few articles tonight because some of them may tie in with some of this that I'm talking about now. I mentioned before too about 
Australia especially. Australia gets into the paper because different countries are picked for, for, for almost test areas for certain talk. Some of them were, were for the using the electric cars years ago. I read articles years ago. That other ones too where they, they even had biofuel on little islands off, off of uh, Scandinavia somewhere where they would try biofuel out when, when that first came out with, from plants. And take little test areas, you see, where you can study it. They do the same thing with little areas, for even for their pharmacology and for for inoculations and things. They come out. They can get certain areas where they can study the people and they can study the efficacy, or or of certain drugs or whatever. Or, or if they're no use at all, at least they can get good result. The results in study that is from almost a closed society. That's it. It's like I think it was Iceland that they because of the people being there for centuries, pretty well, without too much migration into those countries, they had a pretty clean gene pool, which you could study very, very well. And some pharma companies opened up big test laboratories there because for that reason, you see. So, yeah, different places will do different things. But Australia, Australia, I read an article quite a few years back. It was just a curiosity thing. And for me at the time, I thought, well, why would Australia have pump money into an experiment to see if they could create an artificial womb in a man. And apparently they had done it, not just in that one, they'd done it before, and they've done it since, to try experiment, experiment. What's so important? I mean, you'd have to see yourself, and that is, is there going to be a shortage of women who can carry a... Because they can hire women that will do this now, they'll carry a child uh, if they're impregnated artificially or naturally or whatever, but they'll carry someone's child to to, ter- to 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 birth. I thought, well, there's no shortage in that. I mean, we might be going infertile, especially on the male side, but I mean, why would they be wanting to see if men? Was that in case somehow the disease came along? Your, your, your mind try to be nice, try to be nice about things, right? To go along with it with, with, and see what's plausible. Well, maybe, maybe there'll be a virus release somehow or just develop that'll wipe out all the women or something. And of course it's not that at all. Mind you, if something can be done scientifically, and, and with so many universities just, just churning out, the, the universities are like machines, they just churn out people with degrees all the time and masters and doctorates and all that. And there's so many, look, look at the whole environmental, it was nothing before, but now it's suddenly an important thing. And all these folk go in there looking to get, living off grants, you see. So they need crisis, and if it's not there, just create it. So it's the same thing ever across the board, but you have folk going into this bioengineering, and oh, let's engineer humans, and it's the old stuff from all the old movies that you saw, from Soylent Green and Logan's Run. All these things, you see. A eugenics program where the scientists are in control of everything, and uh, THX 1138, same kind of thing too. Uh, that that was that's where these, all these stories came from. Is from because you see we've been living under this scientific domination for a long time, a long long time, and the scientists themselves, especially those who created the UN and so on said that, that they, they would have to get up, come up to prominence as a real authoritative power over the people, and that governments would eventually come to them for advice. And they're all living on grants, as I say. Big money, better than most folk. 
doing real reconstructive stuff. They had these, these theorists, they're all sitting there in big, massive grants and deciding uh, that they're so important that, that we should disobey them, basically. And they had the right to take all your rights from you to save the planet because they knew better than you and they couldn't think of a better idea than to terrify you about the environment to take your rights away. You see, that's what the Club of Rome, that's what they were given, that kind of job, you see. And uh, it's quite staggering to see how successful it's been. But every government signed on to it that tells you there's a superstructure above everything and that your governments at that level are much lower on the totem pole than the ones above. And every politician obviously is well aware of it today. But say Australia, now they also have artificial womb programs to see growing baby sheep. Now these are the, the, the kind of floater ideas in all tribal and to see, the more articles that you see about things, the more you accept the final product down the road. Well, okay, oh well, so well, it's all this transit and transit is to get you used to different kinds of humans until the scientists, as I've said before, can eventually make purpose-made humans for different functions. That's what they want. Even NASA had stuff out on that years ago, even documentaries. So here, as I say, it's not just to, to see if men can carry children by artificial wombs. And I still don't know if they've been successful, really, in Australia on, with, the, with the actual ones on men. And it's so secretive, too, eh? in this great democratic system. Anyway, here's another one on an artificial womb that can grow baby sheep. Now, this, this doesn't stagger me at all. And it says, and humans could be next. And they go through the, the, this, this, what you see, an oversized Ziploc bag strewn with tubes of blood and fluid, blah, blah, blah. Eight fetal lambs continue to develop, etc., etc., in this particular article. And uh, they grow lungs and brains and everything else and and even wool, and uh, it says it's only been tested on sheep. And that, I don't believe that at all, because science, as I say, if they can do it, they will do it. And science is way beyond, in my lifetime, way, way beyond any, any need, or legal or otherwise, to inform the public. Absolutely. There's so many covert programs underway, definitely. This is written by a woman, I think. But it says, it's appealing to imagine a world where artificial wombs grow babies. It's appealing, you see. El- eliminating the health risks of pregnancy. A health risk of pregnancy. Don't forget, too, that under health, up until recently, or fairly recently, having a child was a natural thing that happened. Surgery was never performed unless it was, just, it was, it was a necessary thing to, to, to save life. But when you go into abortions... That changed the whole the whole game of what doctors were. It really put a stigma on the whole the whole field of medicine. Absolutely, and it's getting worse now. That as I say, that hospitals want your organs and everything. As soon as you're booked in, you become fearful. But when this authority keeps giving itself more authority over you, and you're taught constantly that, that life is worth less and less and less. All these articles are meant to think that life is worth less and less and less. Just like Julian Huxley said, we've got to. Knock humanity off his pedestal, he said. Train the public uh, that, that, that humans are just another life form and they're not special at all and, and to devalue life. The same guy that also was part of Planned Parenthood and, and he, was, he, he was all for bringing down the population of all U-types too. U-types, you see. U-types. 
They don't, they don't include themselves, like Charles Galton Darwin said. It says we, the wild people, the ones who have all capacities and we're wealthy, and we, we, we marry the right, to, the right mates sort of thing in the same class and all that. They says we uh, should have all the children. And they says the ones, these, these people, all the ones that have managed to damage, um, should be sterilized, etc. Hasn't changed, but here they are. What makes you? I mean, do you really think? Do you really think it's nothing to do with with uh, uh, making lambs or, or sheeping more more profitable, sheep farms? It's to do with again, what can they do? What can they do? What can they do? But this to me is old stuff. This is from 2017. I read articles on the males before that testing on males, and before that, I think I did a show in the 90s uh, where they call them arcs. There's three of them. And the states alone, and professors in universities are in charge of these arcs, where they have, they say, uh, the the ovum and the sperm of all species of everything, pretty well on the planet, in storage, and they have also done, according to the documentary that I saw, there's a woman professor, I think from Louisiana, who was in charge of one of them, and she she says we've also put them together after they've been deep frozen for a long time, and it hasn't destroyed the, the cells. And put the fertilized ovum in to say if they got a if they got a dog they can actually put it into uh, into a, a cow to get, to bring to, to term. So all this stuff is old stuff to me. The only difference in this article is they're supposed to be trying to get an artificial womb, but they can already grow any kind of creature and any other kind of creature, according to the documentaries I saw years ago. But the terminology is awfully good, as I say, eliminating the health risk of pregnancy. It says, but it's important not to get ahead of the data, etc., etc. It says it's still science fiction to an extent at the moment, right? They're still working towards it, obviously. And of course, what they also say is pretty well like the the use for premature infants. They can have the they already they have incubators basically where they put the children in to keep them warm and, and so on at the right temperature and the right kind of humidity and everything else too well part of it but you get that article there and then you get no men required I, I did these I did these articles before I think but it says no men required Australian women will be able to have babies without males within two decades for again an elephant fertility expert says what Burton Russell says will train the public they can't do anything or even believe anything without without an expert's advice. And that's happened. That's so happened. One time he didn't need advice on how to even have children and how he how to go through pregnancy, uh, etc. It was all just quite a natural thing for thousands and thousands of years, you know. Anyway it says we're possible to buy breakthroughs in fertility technology and it says comments come after baby mice were recently born to mothers in China. Hmm? They also did articles at the same time as this one to say that they tried it with humans, where they can actually take basically a stem cell and uh, alter it into, uh, and they had all the technology and ability to, to alter it into any particular cell they want, including what they claimed at the time was a, a sperm from a female, huh? A cell from a female put back into a stem cell and then put into made, made into a sperm. That's what they claimed at the time. This is a different article to do with mice. Instead of humans, but it says um, you couldn't see why the same feat can't be achieved in human reproduction. 
You see, ethics committees. Again, here's another thing, too. By the way, I notice my hackles go up in my hair once in a blue moon, you know. If it's not Wi-Fi, which it does for me, but my hair, my hair starts to feel it. It tingles the roots of the hair. But uh, also I get the same thing when something's just up and there's something you've got to take note of. And I can remember when they, uh, when they something came out and did documentaries in the 90s on television uh, about uh, and then the newspapers with bioethicists. And, and you were introduced to the world of bioethicists. You've never heard them before. Now you realize now you've got, you've got professionals now uh, that are professional bioethicists. And we all thought we had our own ethics and things, but no, they, they've got the real ethic. They're the ones now who decide you should really die, you know. They're the ones who decide maybe your life isn't worth that much in hospital. Uh, maybe you're better off dead. Maybe they could use your organs and make some money off you. That'll go to a good cause, won't it? So maybe they are some use after all. Uh, but maybe they shouldn't keep you alive, you see, because what have you got to offer at that age or whatever it happened to be, you see? You've got all these professionals ready to make you do the right thing, right? Isn't that wonderful? So here's this article mentions that ethics committees. So ethics committees and legal prohibitions, which put a stop the process in humans, says but attitudes will change over time. It doesn't say you may, it says will change over time. Because they're working on us all, you see. So women will be able to have babies without men within two decades. Australian fertility expert says, isn't that wonderful? And Dr. David Malloy said pregnancy will no longer need the input of males in the future thanks to advancements in fertility technology. Ah, isn't that just wonderful? Hmm? It would mean that heterosexual couples where the man has low-quality sperm and women couples can have their own genetic child. So, so there you go, you see. Because they really care, you see. They really care about, about women uh, couples or male couples, you see. Do you really believe they care? Do you really believe that the ones at the top... Use every possible thing to divide and conquer. But if they can experiment on any of them, they're, they're so happy to do it. Really. Everyone's getting used here. And why they're doing it is for reasons you'll never figure out just yet. He said, I think it would be possible to fertilize an egg with a set of half chromosomes and targeted gene editing, it says here. They've got problems at the moment from the ones from mice, for instance. This is um, where they've got deformities, the, the, the ones that are done, done in this way from mice, you see. It says some of them have, have long tongues and, and big bodies. I guess they're wanting long-tongued humans, eh, and big bodies. Who knew? Don't mind you, if they're bigger the body with this austerity, how are they going to get all the food to keep their body big? But there you go. You, you get what I'm saying here. It says the scientists, because one decree what humans who biological parents are two women or two men. Well, it's so important that that's done, isn't it? You don't understand they're going to bring out different kinds of humans. They've already said in other articles you need to make them part animal and so on. And other science magazines and paper and university articles too and textbooks mentioned that they could even go ahead and, and start creating purpose-made, work-made humans or creatures. So all the steps in between are all part of that. They don't give a darn about helping you feel better about anything. It doesn't matter who you are. Nothing at all. Another article, want to dismantle capitalism, abolish the family, right? 
feminist theorist Sophie Lewis's new book looks at how rethinking pregnancy, here you go again, let's look at pregnancy and the idea of family as forms of labor is central to emancipatory politics. Again, the old Marxist critical theory idea where you criticize all the past and make everything equal and so on, eh? Even though you can't even judge the past because everything's so different, vastly different before to make things happen the way that they did. Hmm? So, it says, arguably the most infamous demand of the Communist Manifesto is abolition of the family. This person's arguably, in other words, she doesn't make any big, about, any big deal about it. And it says, uh, they also noted, noted was patriarchy and capitalism worked in tandem to produce willing, alienated workers, where women became little more than instruments of production for the men who lorded over them. See, they're so You can't even judge the conditions then and what happened under anything. There was no welfare back then for anybody. And people had to survive. They had to survive. And folk would, would club together in any way they could, whether it was men and women or whatever. The fact is that they clubbed together in marriage or whatever, this is basically to survive. That was, to, And the guys at that time, because the, the kind of work that they did was heavy, heavy, heavy labor. And so they got the, the, the rotten, terrible, the deadly work, like mining and all the rest of it. Didn't have big, massive machines in those days. And the guys themselves might not last long. And yeah, they would put the wives down if the man was sick, down the mines. But you can't judge by today's standard. Oh, that was just so terrible. The folk had no option in those days, none at all. Again, they're always churning out these books. and There's a whole market out there for people who just love to, to create division. They're getting paid to, obviously. And they're raking more money in from their books and helping to create more anger and hatred on their, on their, their, their targeted group, whoever it happens to be. Yeah? Stacks of these things out there now. And it's a, a, light, a great life for them. They live better than the average person that they're criticizing, regardless of gender. But uh, there you go. But abolition of the family ties right in with articles I just read too, doesn't it? And another article too, actually it's from the United Nations. And it says, um, a healthy planet depends on all of us. This is part of the indoctrination. The short slogans, you know, that's what Marx said too, or Lenin said, we shall win by slogans, no short slogans. A healthy environment is the foundation of human life. No kidding. We're putting the planet under enormous pleasure. Again, you've got to give up all your right. The 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development charts a clear path forward. My goodness. Thank goodness we have these, these saviors to just come forward at the right time. And who tell us that we're going to pay these massive carbon taxes through their particular carbon exchanges, mind you, and they'll get even more rich off it, like Mr. Gore and these guys. But they're, they're really altruists that are out there to help you. And if you really believe that, well, there's no hope for you. You have no idea of the incredible evil, I call them evil, yep, absolutely evil, crooks out there running the whole system. And they don't give two hoots for you. In fact, they want you to get depopulated. As they profit off you, you're just animals, you see. You're getting the message, you're just another animal. And you're not really necessary. And certain ones of you are are less necessary than others. Hmm? You're getting the message? From all all their highly paid spokespeople? (laughs) I hope some of you are getting the message. 
So hear that. We work to improve air quality to protect blah, blah. We will promote the protection, sustainable, blah, blah, blah. Promote sustainable low emission transport, meaning no transport at all for you, most of you, because you can't afford uh, the alternatives at the moment. And I've already said on their agenda for the 21st century, 2030 is only part of that. The, 20 for the, for, for the, the agenda 21 for the whole century, literally, has it all mapped out where they want to take you step by step by step. And they'll never be happy well, we've achieved the, 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 the carbon emission targets and we've got low, less carbon emitted than we did in the 1924 oh, 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 or something like that. It won't ever be good enough because it's a con. Hmm? And one day they will start taking down you, the population, by, by decree. Not kidding you. And they can train you into it. Yes, they can. They can train you into anything with the techniques that they have today. Look at the children. Look at what the children are coming home and parent to, to any parents that they still have. Hmm? They're getting taught in school. Number one, two is the Global Environmental Facility. Did you know that existed? It's a trust fund established on the eve. It was established on the eve of, guess what? The Rio Earth Summit that Maurice Strong put forward on behalf of the Rockefellers and other, other owners of the planet, you see. It's just to help tackle our planet's most pressing environmental problems. So the Global Environmental Facility... Hmm? Its funding is just to support the projects and it's contributed by donor countries, meaning our, our nations give our tax money to them. How's that, eh? These financial contributions are replenished every four years. And it's got GEF replenishment document. You wonder why you're so poor folk. You've never looked to see where your money goes. And you've never looked at the quality of clothing these folk who, who, who are just helping. Look at the quality of the lifestyle they have in their clothing. And everything else that they own, and their homes, and you name it, folks, that you're paying for. And they're going to help you by making you poorer? Huh? Sustainable? Oh, The private World Bank that was set up by the private group called the Royal Institute for International Affairs, that owns the CFR across the planet, and owns all the other banks, right? serves as the GEF trustee, administering the GEF trust fund, and it says uh, the trustee helps mobilize the resources, meaning <laughs> whips the public of every nation, you know, for tax. Disburses funds to the agencies, all these agencies with all, you don't even know they exist, most of the folk. Again, look at the quality of the clothing and their shoes and, and the way that their ears and graces, you know, etc. They're so altruistic, these folk, who, who just know that they're there to, to rule you. They found their natural vocation, obviously. But you didn't get to vote them in. That's quite wonderful. It's the best kind of tyranny there is. We've never had such wonderful, almost invisible tyrannies we have today by those who, who do, who've done it all. It took them took time, take maybe a hundred years to bring it. Well, it's all passed and gone. We're here. We're here, folks. Al Gore, of course, he's over in Australia there, getting paid to go over there and lecture them about it too, you know, and how they must do without uh, uh, this and that and the other uh, energy-wise uh, and pay more money into the world system. I've mentioned before that he had set up, and he pushed and pushed and pushed for all this, this carbon nonsense because he set up an organization with a guy called, with a blood, a company called Blood, and it was literally called Blood and Gore. No kidding you. Can't make stuff up. 
a carbon exchange, but they've changed the name of it now because it was there was so many people, and because they haven't included to really push this forward, so folk knew what was going on here, and and of course they did back off a bit and change the name of it. It's quite quite comical, but uh, yeah, Mister Gore, and uh, and blood, of course, blood and gore. They are. That's what, that's what it all comes down to, isn't it? But I'll put the articles about him lecturing them in Australia and how Australia has to pay for him to get taken over there, you know, flown over, you know, all that carbon and oh, stuff coming out of jets and stuff. Came out too by his own particular side houses for guests and that too. And the, the, just the electricity alone that he went through there. Phenomenal it was. But the, you see, your masters are allowed to live better than you. After all, look at the hard work they do, raking in all that cash from the taxpayer to make themselves rich. Hmm. I, I tell you I'll put the sustainable development goals up as well I'll list them too It's got everything in there You know, everything you imagine Things you, get, you can't even imagine And it comes down to sustainability Including families and all. you you got to understand This is all part of it You don't think of all that, do you? Destruction, elimination of family And maybe even males down the road too Etc, etc under unsustainable development goals. Hmm, interesting, eh? Isn't it? Think about it. Most folk don't want, again, oh my, that's negative. I can't look at that, it's too negative. Makes me unhappy. Hmm? <laughs> oh dear, dear. Why'd they give you so much pornography on television? So, as long as you don't have children, you don't care what you do. And, uh, and that's a fact, what they give you all. Keeps you all disorientated and, you know. Cognitive, cognitive dissonance, call it. You, know. you can't really put two and two together. And you can't memorize somewhere very long at all. Anyway, there's 17 goals. Uh, an, another part of 17 goals is part of the new global agenda. This is from 2015. Uh, and it, no poverty is to be exist on the planet. Isn't that wonderful? As they put you on the streets. Because hmm? you can't, can't live in the homes you're living in now, you know. And be no work for you anyway, right? And goal, goal two is zero hunger. Well, they might give you all these substitute foods, but it won't be food, folks. Good health and well-being. You've got to understand that all the things, including some of the stuff I've talked about, comes under good health and well-being, including getting eliminating some of us. Hmm? Huh? Yes. Quality education. Well, you can't have a. You can't. You can't. Put, indoctrinate children with the agenda unless you can get the children through a mandatory education so that's imperative obviously gender equality right well why are you trying to make mice you know female mice create their own you know male sperm and stuff and, and eventually they can do that with humans and say, well where's the quality here I mean hey what's going on here clean water and sanitation hmm Affordable and clean energy, yes. Oh, hey, everything comes under that. Affordable. They just, see, all these experts decide what's affordable, but they, they'll come up with a figure and they'll say, well, that's what's affordable. Hmm? You won't have any input at all. And clean energy. Well, what, apart from sunlight, what's clean? When you make turbines, the cost of making them, all that stuff is manufactured. And there's furnaces involved, and carbon, and boom, boom, boom. And the chemicals involved, just making all the different wiring and, and coatings and so Yada, 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 yeah. Lots of articles out there on that, too. I'm not making this up. This is a fact. But they don't decide what's, what's, what's clean, eh? 
decent work and economic where you got in the moment they've taken all your work away through the same organisation of the World Bank that gave World Bank and so on that gave you the EU and NAFTA and the new name for the same thing and exported the work they literally exported it through through the Gatries and so on to China all your governments signed on that they would they would pay your, your factories and your corporations to move all this stuff off to China. I, I've done so many shows on that years ago when it was all happening. Our tax money paid for them to uproot and move and left us with what's called a service economy, right? where things are just brought in and passed around. There's no manufacturing left. And you're left now with, with a massive, top-heavy, almost a communistic system managing the dysfunction of it all with the mass unemployment all paid by our tax money. Stacks of agencies, social work departments, welfare systems, the fo- and again more social work departments and specialised units dealing with drugs, plagues of drugs on the streets and home. Huh? Think about it. Huh? Think about it. Decent work, right? <laughs> and economic growth. How do you have economic growth when your manufacturing's gone? And the service economy only employs a small X amount of, of employees. All the big superstores that are left now are putting in self-checkouts. So there's nobody working. The government will give us tokens for money. Issued, like Bertrand Russell said. And you'll have to be awfully good and don't be an asbo or a social behavior. And say something you shouldn't say. Even in a quip, or they'll withhold your talk, and you won't be able to pay your rent or, or buy food. That's what Russell said this back in the forties, before you had the termas bowl. <laughs> and then you got some gold mine industry, innovation, and infrastructure. Well, you can play with that one. What industry? And reduce the inequalities. I guess they're going to make us all the same size and everything else. Sustainable cities and communities, which they're all going to be... Do you understand the control of everything I'm mentioning here? To get with anything that they're wanting takes, like, commissars, whole legions of commissars to manage it all. Sustainable cities and communities. Sustainable consumption and production. Climate action, you know. And if you can live on the land, it even says that, life on land. You'll be there only in the land if you're producing. You see? That they've been authorised to be there. Because they don't want anybody else living on the land. You're crammed into cities, sustainable cities, you see? Etc, etc. So, I'll put these articles up. Another one too is, former US Vice President Al Gore will lead a three-day climate change lecture in Queensland, Australia. And you'll be paying for the venue as he comes over there to tell you what to do, eh? You'll speak at the Minister's Climate Change event in Brisbane. The cost of the event has been has seen Queensland government fork out about hundred and forty two thousand dollars. <laughs> so they can tell you you're 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 producing too much carbon and you're you're not eco friendly and you know put your tax money through Mr Gore's carbon exchange and you know okay. Okay. But it's got it here and uh I'll see if I can find that one out too that I've got with the proper the new name of, of Blood and Gore's new new name for the company. There you go. So they lecture everybody in the universities here about climate change, you know. An inconvenient spoof. 
when you're scolding. And then, um, but it's really something, isn't it? Isn't it really? Hmm? What we're living through. Also, the people and partners, United Nations Environment Program is committed to working with everybody at all levels of society to support the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals by addressing environmental issues and ensuring a long, healthy future for people and planet. Have you been invited, folks? Can you afford to jet set across the world to exotic places where the, ex- the exotic foods, these big, big events, and they wear exotic clothing, very wealthy, you know? Can you manage that? No, you won't even hear about it because you won't be asked. And uh, it says the implementation of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development Goals and its 17 Sustainable Development Goals officially began on the 1st of January 2016 as a UN family. See, we're all a family, you understand. Only in the family, you've got bosses in the family, you know. Maybe bosses, bosses, big, big, big sisters and big brothers and stuff that, that are decided to rule you in that, you know. So, it says, UN families, nations, businesses, civil society, and many others look to, to how they can transform the very way we live. Well, maybe we don't want to transform the very way we live, especially into the way that you want us to exist. It won't be living, it'll be maybe existing as we go down the tubes. But that's agenda too, isn't it? How can you say you're dem- democrat if you have no say in, in this stuff? And these organizations, nobody, no member of the public got a chance to vote for these things to be set up, you know. Hmm? Again, getting back into the, 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 the communist capitalists, you see. Because everybody out there in the society, uh, I'm telling you, they're all bought and paid for. I've been for all I used to laugh about this in the Cold War. Uh, and, and it was even more tra- obvious, obvious in the U.S., the top communist leaders were all multimillionaires. Hmm? Britain they tried to hide it a bit, but it still broke out through too. Here's one too about the top Labour Party, they called them at the time. The Member of Parliament, Geoffrey Robinson, who's been a lifelong in politics, but also a massive businessman. He eventually became a massive businessman and a multimillionaire and all that. And his great friends he had, he, he, he was given massive amounts of money by Maxwell. Remember Maxwell, too, that owned newspapers and had a massive Ponzi scheme. And, and well, they, they say he died way out into the, uh, I don't know what, what sea he was in. He maybe fell off his yacht or something. He uh, was a pal of these characters, these top, top, uh, uh, you know, labor met part, multi-million pound labor people, you know, labor. People who have never ever got a speed out in their lives and and dug up any ground and planted a turnip, you know, to them we're the turnips. Seriously, but I'll, I'll put this article. This guy literally was passing secrets of the British government and the military for his whole darned working life to to the communists in the Cold War and afterwards too. <laughs> I think as well. And it's only now they're admitting it that they, they kind of found this out, eh? But it says he, he spilled his guts over dinner and the contents of his briefcase, what, that is passing it to the Czechoslovakian version of the KGB. They all passed it on up to Moscow. And what uh, it says, the claim about how Tony Blair is a minister, and, and by the way, I mean, there's, there's many of them who belong to, to the to the, they call it the Trotskyist party at the time, and Peter Hitchens has mentioned it as well. He still knows a lot of them were full card carrying communists at the time that are now top uh, Labour members. 
guess who they are. You can guess yourself. But they, yeah, all the rich ones, you know. I'll put these articles. It's interesting to me, these articles anyway. And then Greed Power and Maxwell, how Jeffrey Robinson's millions bewitched Tony Blair and Mandelson. Do you remember those names from not so long ago when they, they all went on board for the war against Iraq and so on? And Blair got the whole of Britain dragged into it and Mandelson was his right hand man and all that. Remember that? Yeah. And how it says here that they're all bewitched by Maxwell at the time from years ago because Maxwell had so much money. He gave some of them like over 200 million at a time. Big, big money, big, big loans. And yeah, it's great being a communist, isn't it? And running the government. Yeah. And then these ones too do handwritten notes in the Robinson file. They've declassified some of the ones, the stuff that he passed on. Proved that he spied for the Czechoslovakians, a communist. Experts say it's highly likely that these were written by the same person. They show you some of them here. But the fact is that they've all, all the admissions now from the, the, the secret police and so on, from the, 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 the communist countries admitting that he was one of their best informants and, and spies in Britain. It doesn't matter. People don't care now because, you know. What's there, what's there left to save now? Look at the homelessness. Look at the, the drug addiction across the streets in the UK. Look at the mess of it all. Huh? Look at the mess of it all. Degeneracy, everything. A complete war, total war. It was awfully successful, hasn't it? You can't, see, you can't change the way they're going into this whole controlled world society without destroying the cultures and the people and everything that made them strong, including right down to the basic stuff. Can, they, can even the genders get along and have a purpose together? Hmm? Destroy it all. Destroy it all. Make it completely dysfunctional. Make it the whole nation bankrupt with it all. Crime, you name it, you know, drugs galore. But then you bring them, well, we've got the answer. We're bringing a world society and all our new commissars are going to manage your lives for you from birth to death. And uh, so General Investment Management LLP Generation IM is called. It's a sustainable investment management firm. It's sustainable. I'll get, keep getting profits forever. Founded in 2004, co-founded by former U.S. Vice President Al Gore and Goldman Sachs Assistant Management Head David Blood. There's Blood and Gore. Hmm? It's now called Generation Investment Management there you are. That your tax money is going to go through, and they can, and they can trade carbon credits and all that stuff. And make make fortunes off them. Making fortunes off nothings. You see, big bags of nothings. Right? And they can trade these big bags of nothing. Yeah. And they get all the the free carbon trading millions of dollars worth every com- big company to start it off with. They tried this before across Europe. You see. So they've got offices in both London and San Francisco employs 87 people. It's authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK. I've no doubt, too, they've got lots of friends there. They probably put them there. <laughs> a bit of humour doesn't... It doesn't go bad, does it? A bit of humour. You can do it now and then, don't you? So the firm's advisory board, chaired by <coughs> Al Gore himself, meets twice a year. So no wonder he's got a big, big stake in all this stuff. He helped start up the big scam... He he got he saw early when Maurice Strong and the rest of them were had set it all up. You see, well terrify the public and say they're all going to kill themselves if we don't if we don't step in and manage the planet for them, and and manage our lives. Okay, is our profit here? Oh, masses of money be made. <laughs> okay, there you go. 
So the board consists of business leaders, industry experts, again, that expert thing, and other luminaries. No kidding, luminaries, eh? Well, there you go. The board helps establish a macro framework of trends and ideas. There you go. It began investing client money in April 2005. Its breakthrough was integrating the disciplines of finance and sustainability. So hence those words are really important, finance and sustainability. Hmm. There you go. Sustainable. That word sustainable can make multi-millionaires very quickly. If you can get recognized by the United Nations and then the United Nations makes it, makes sure every country sign on to it and bingo, you, you've got big money to set off and then you, you, can get a, you can get a finger in the pie of the taxpayer and start, you know, throwing a few, a few, a few coppers here near your own direction. There you go. Nice, eh? There you go. 2014 Generation launched Climate Solutions Fund too. Isn't that wonderful? They keep coming up with great ideas. And the foundation partner was George Seraphim. And 2015 Generation launched the Sustainability Insights Series, releasing environmental intelligence and the power industry in transition. Wow. In the same year, Generation became a certified B Corporation. So there you are. Everything that, that in, in industry uh, and even the, the, the energy in your home from electricity to everything that you use is, uh, that's, that's for power. It's now under their auspices now. They've got, they got a finger in what you use and what you need and everything else. It's, it used to be called monopolies and you know things like that and oligarchs. But they don't say it now. They're all corporations now. They're, they're there to help you. Remember, again, back to what Julian Huxley said. Julian Huxley, he went on and on about knocking humanity off his pedestal as a supreme being on the planet, and they have to be taught. They'd have to be taught they're just another animal, basically. Because, you see, he wanted to bring in a very drastic reduction in population by training them to kill their own kinds off and stuff like that. See, first you've got to dehumanize them, and you're getting trained to be in dehumanization all the time, folks. Under the guise of freedom, oh, we're, we're free about you. Before we couldn't just throw ourselves with drugs and that and have sex all over the place before. Oh, you know, then all the, the fallout from all that and it's all taken care of by the state. Eh? We're free, right? Okay. Calgary in Canada here, police let organ donors off for minor traffic violations. See, again, a little mousetrap, eh? But no, it's a genetically modified mouse. I don't know. I've already read that article. But anyway, there's a mouse trap. They call it mouse traps in marketing. Put something out and say it's free or something. Give a little freebie to the public and they jump at it and then you've got them, you see. You've got them. That's what all your convenience cards are for. You get a few bucks off every week if you if you buy the stuff. But you've got all your data and you've got to use the card and all that. Eh? So here... Organ donors get offered minor traffic violations, you see, if you're pulled over by the police. So you won't get a ticket or anything because you're a registered organ donor. Instead of a fine, you receive a little warning if they're a registered organ donor. There you go. Is that not discriminatory or what? Isn't that a bit of a coercion too? What do you think's happening as you, as you get dehumanized and the value of your life from all the data, real time every day is updated and everybody automatically by the computer system, their DNA, and you schmucks are putting it out, even out there for them to try to find your ancestry. You give it all to them, they're using it all. 
<laughs> you fall for it all. You really do. Uh, but if you've got the right DNA for some rich sod out in the planet somewhere, who's very wealthy, do you think eventually they might just get to that stage where, you know, they'll know where you are because you're driving your vehicle and, you know, they've got, they've got that monitor everywhere you go, blah, blah, blah. That certain things could be arranged if, if it's a desperate thing that's needed for someone who's important and you're not so important. I'm just, just a idle thought, daydream, you know, just daydreaming. Because we live in such a civilized society. The same civilized society, remember, that Madeleine Albright, when she was up there, uh, when they were starving Iraq before they bombed it into oblivion in the Stone Age, they starved it through sanctions and kept them from getting food and everything else and medical aid. And, and on television, uh, she was asked in an interview, she says, well, you know, that operation that you were in charge of and so on for when she was the, minister, she was the, the politician in charge of whatever it was for the embargo, you know, it killed over 500,000 women and children, starved to death. They couldn't even get medications in. Was it worth it? She says, oh, yes, I thought it was quite worth it. Civilized, aren't we? And you think you're so important, they might just not go after you for your particular DNA and that liver you've got? Dream on, folks. That's the world we live in. And it's getting, because you're already believing in it, dehumanization. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. IQ's plummeted. Another one, too, is this article here on drug overdoses and suicides drive down U.S. life expectancy. There's never been so much drugs. Highly, quickly addictive drugs. What have not seen like this before? Just woof. And your government, it doesn't stop it. Do you really believe they can't stop it? Do you really believe that? Hmm? So I'll put some up on the National Center for Health Statistics and on some of the overdose death rates for drugs and so on. And almost one in three drug overdoses in Europe are recorded and, and are, happened in the UK. I said that years ago. It says from watching the BBC dramas. It depresses you so much that it's, oh, there's nothing left to live for after you walk. I'm not kidding you. They churned out such depression, depressing, depressing stuff for years and years and years that uh, no one could watch it. They don't often see their doctor for antidepressants. That's serious. That, 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 and don't forget the BBC is the government. Uh, uh, it's not just the government, the British government. I think the CIA actually have shares in it too, the Crown shares too, from an article I read quite a few years back. No kidding you. Almost one in three drug overdoses in Europe are recorded in the UK. That's because they're doing so well with, with you know, being in the European Union and, and being post-industrial and all that, you know, a service economy. Also got more and more folk now that, that, that I mean, I mean, marijuana. See, my, my big objection to this is that governments now, government agencies now, promoted the whole darn thing. And folk who worked in government and work in government are, are the shareholders of all. When, when you're pushing stuff, you better believe that you have other agendas at work here. And, they, and people who are really sick and in awful pain, I've, I've had folk even write sense to me. They wouldn't even give them painkillers after complete hysterectomy. Some women who've had problems, you know, when it's necessary. And they can't even get painkillers now. Oh, I don't want to addict them. Understand what's going on here. Eventually, all you'll get is marijuana. 
government authorised, from government agencies and big corporations are in league with government and so on. There you go. It's also getting more common, obviously. Obviously, every youngsters think if parents say this is legal, it must be all right. So they start earlier and stuff. Anyway, killer drivers finally unmasked police officer's son, 18, who spared jail despite plowing into and killing two pedestrians in his parents' Audi while high on cannabis is pictured for the first time. They've had stacks of this stuff. They've kept it quiet. They're going to have, obviously, ride programs where you have to go and, oh, here we go again. The, the folk are not into all this stuff. Or even into the drinking and driving too. Same thing. You all have to go under the... It's like there's a terrorist somewhere on the planet, so you all have to be spied on by your governments. Or there's there's drunk here and there, so you all have to go through this. A thought experiment, Evan Horowitz, IQ rates are dropping in many developed countries, and that doesn't bode well for humanity. Well, it's working. The agenda's working, isn't it? Because that used to be pretty well innate. You were born with it. And, but they've been, I've followed this for years, and every year the UN, some of the UN departments come out with their own statistics on it too. And there's never a, a, there's never a, oh, it's a crisis thing from them. It's the same with folk going sterile. If, if folk are going sterile and sterile and sterile, how come like the, that favourite word that they have when they try to rush it is some, why it's never used that, oh, this is a crisis. I never mentioned that. I mean, they know what's happening with fertility, so they're quite happy about it. It's meant to be. And since IQ has been dropping for years too, well, obviously that's meant to be as well. They, they know it. They want it. And this article too on Australia, as, as Mr. Gore is there, they lectured them on putting more money his way into, you know, into this different, there's different carbon exchanges, all very important people that you're going to funnel your money through, including a world one, by the way. I did that article years ago. They call them green banks, and our favourite bankers had one, I think in Switzerland they said a lot of it will go through there too. You can imagine the interest overnight in a loan when countries are putting all this fake nothings through. You know, money for nothing. That's a good song, that is. Money for nothing, your kicks for free. We get kicked and the guys get money for nothing. Big bags of nothing carbon. Nothing, yeah. Just imaginary. A trace trace gas that's completely invisible. Doesn't cause haze or anything. Gore's over there in Australia. This politician in Australia says, or Barnaby Joyce says, these people don't have electricity, mate. Barnaby Joyce says voters are more interested in affordable power than climate change policy and fiery rants. He says there's more than 100,000 families in his area that went without power because the bills are too high. Well, wait till they finish with their sustainability nonsense, eh? And to laugh too, what I mentioned earlier about... Um, the, the, the feminist who's raking the cash in on books and her favourite enemy, which is men, how bad they are and for the family and all that, and the family should get abolished. And but he's another one too. Naomi, Naomi Wolf has made a good career on this. Feminist author Naomi Wolf learns in a live radio interview that her new book contains fundamental factual blunder, and the men she insisted were executed for sodomy in Victorian London were actually pardoned. Well, facts don't matter, for goodness sake. Eh? So she was doing a BBC radio interview to promote her book called Out- Outrages. In it, she refers to, I thought it was going to be outages because of power. It's not, it's outrageous. In it, she refers to dozens of men being executed for sodomy in Victorian London. This shows you how they'll, they'll jump on anything and make you know, our favourite targeting, make money off anger. Ooh. <laughs> but British interviewer, Matthew Sweet pointed out a fatal factual blunder. 
and, and they show you uh, articles from the period about the ones that she was on about. At, at, uh, it says at the Old Bailey in London, the sentence of death recorded was legalese speak for judicial pardon. They didn't kill them at all. Britain didn't go through that kind of stuff for, for sodomy. Hmm. It says, in fact, no man was executed for a sodomy in Victorian Britain, Sweet argued. Wolf acknowledged her error, but insists her overall thesis holds true. Ha <laughs> her overall? Men are just, oh, and these guys are no different, you see, they're just bad. <laughs> she was an advisor to the presidential campaigns of Bill Clinton and Al Gore, again, favorite uh, crooks, eh? That's my opinion, your crooks, eh? So, it says she was corrected on, on, the, on the radio show. And she was stunned to learn of her mistake in an interview on Thursday, BBC Radio 3. And Matthew Sweet gently pointed out that she had misinterpreted the British legal term called death recorded. I said, I found like several dozen executions, Wolf told Sweet of her research in the old Bailey prosecutions of Sodom in the 1800s for her new book, Outrages, Sex Censorship and the Criminalization of Love. Look, look at the mess around today where you've got people in the street flogging their bodies, kids, for drugs. There's free love for you. There's where it got you. And the folk don't even care anymore, even it's when it's all over the place. Destroyed. The end of war. And this is this is the kind of stuff, rhetoric that they put out there that, that's part of the war. You see, to make it worse and worse and worse. Criminalization of love. And so I don't think you're right about this sweet for fire back. Death recorded is what most of these cases, what you've identified as executions. It doesn't mean that he was executed. And they, they go into it, right? It was a category created in 1823 that allowed judges to abstain from pronouncing a sentence of death on any capital convict whom they considered to be fit subject for pardon, Sweet said. So I don't think any of the executions of identity here actually happened. So Wolf required me again. It's a really important thing to investigate. You know, he really ticked off, I guess. And Sweet zeroed in on a particular case presented on page 71 of Wolf's book, that of teenager Thomas Silver, the way she painted it, you see, was, you know, what she, she writes, was actually executed for committing sodomy. Right? Teenager, poor guy, yeah, see it, see it. Uh, again, going in the past when, you know. Anyway, uh, Thomas Silver wasn't executed, Sweet says, in an interview producing a contemporary newspaper clipping, actually, a new, of the actual period newspaper, huh, showing that Silver's sentence was committed. And her point was, was that that's the terrible society you see then that's how they treated this kind of thing back then this men that loved men you see that's how she was she was pushing it but the thing was though he this guy that they commuted and let off with it he was actually found guilty and and, and it says it was because he was he had grabbed a six-year-old boy is that another oops thing oh, oops <laughs> oops <laughs> so it's quite something. So that's what it says here. It says, uh, the clipping from the time shows that Silver's automatic death sentence was commuted, as well as that his crime was much more serious than Wolf indicated, pointed out that the nature of Silver's crime was more disturbing. Silver was then 17, convicted of a decent assaulting a six-year-old boy. I think the evidence was totally unfit for publication at the time, you see. And the records show that Silver served a prison term in Newgate for... Uh, attacking and doing the, the rotten things to this little boy. See, the, the, it's so easy to go in and, and, and paint a story because you've got this angst that you know it's going to sell books. Eh? 
to the, to the popular segments of society that have been literally weaponized. It's sad, isn't it? It's just, how can you have possibly have any functioning society when it's so corrupted and divided by so many segments that are deliberately out there and with incredible funding, a lot of these people? I see it all as a warfare tactic, all these things. And it, and it was meant to be from the, from even the times of uh, Julian Huxley. He was adamant about the, the, the agenda. So was Karl Marx, of course. Karl Marx, of course. Where did he live? He lived in London, eh? Access to the British Library. By this totalitarian British system, eh? They gave him access to the library. Uh, he, and he was given access to all the, the incredibly rare books and everything, going of histories and goodness knows what. For such a long time By this rotten, terrible Britain system No, he, he worked for us I'm concerned by by those who ruled the system That's what I, I, I can see for sure Whenever you, people tried to get riled up uh, About uh, what's now called popular marginal areas And so on And divided society If someone's trying to rile you up Make you get all emotional and angry You're getting used As far as I'm concerned You're getting used and the, that's the first indication in psychology of warfare of, of, of you've just lost when, you've, when you become emotional. Your logic must guide you with reason and facts. And you must decide for yourself. Because the emotion is, is put across in such a, a, a trem- tremendous way of almost neurolinguistical science of people who are trained in it to guide you into a state of, of, of anger. Uh, not to use your reason or logic And they certainly won't give you the facts For across the board, for all the different sections out there Be careful And if you join a lot of these different groups You're getting used for, for, for agendas Which are utterly destructive to all of us All of us in the long run Because only through destruction Can the big folk at the top come step in eventually All these agencies that are all set up quietly and covertly and say, well, we're stepping in to take over society Now they are all in such such chaos Order out of chaos Here we are We are the order And you're in such a, you're in such a dysfunctional mess you probably cry for them What is it Rockefeller said when he talked about some of this agenda? Rockefeller, remember, and, and his dad, old, old Rockefeller He said that, that the competition was a sin As it took over Monopolies over all the things that you needed Food, fuel For industry and everything Complete monopolies they, that's, They've never changed The same organization that the Royal Institute for International Affairs Belong to Take over all the resources of the planet And then bring in the scientific Experts to rule the public Depopulate Etc. But you'd have to Folk wouldn't give up their rights So you create crisis after crisis after crisis Until you literally you, You'll have a, a population at the end Of a war which And they won't even know they've been in it they're, they're just part of it It'd be so dysfunctional and chaotic It says they'll come to us With perfect docility That's, that's what Rockefeller said how do you think they would get us to come with perfect docility? We're here to help you. Look at the poor mess you're in, the poor people. Look at the mess you're in. But you can't live like you've lived before with rights and, and demands. You have to follow what we say here if you want to survive. Live in that cramped city. Eat what we give you to eat. You can't breed so we'd prefer it if you got sterilized. 
unless you're one of the the, the worker helpers, and, and and you can actually earn the right to to produce children, maybe one or two. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this stuff up. This is stuff they talked about, and Charles Galton Darwin did too, and the Huxleys, and the Russells, and the Macy Group, and all the other groups out there that all worked together to make make this happen, and the Maury Strongs that you never avoid for anti anything. Anyway, that's it for today. Sorry to say, but uh, it's important that I put some of it in. You can't really do a talk without cramming so much in, I suppose. It's not a downer. This is not. See, knowledge is power. And if you're fortified with knowledge, this, it teaches you of, of how to avoid so many pitfalls. And if, you're, if you've gone into the pitfalls, and everybody can and will occasionally, it tells you how to get out of them. You can use your own mind, your own ability. And and you can feel stronger for it too. But whatever you do, be careful of all the different authorized groups out there and authorized leaders of different things. Who are the real haters? That's all they promote. Just target. They target groups and they're authorized to target different and genders. They target everything, and everybody falls into a camp, and they're all getting used. Because really. The war is upon the people. This means the people all have to come together here, all of them. Because what's happening is, is the most hellish thing that this world has ever seen. It's the most dangerous thing we've ever, ever had to cope with. From myself, Alan Watchman, here at Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>